2: We were ready to dive into the tape right away and break down some things that we saw in this Bengals game against the Browns in week one, but we have shocking news to talk about, but El Collins has been released from the physically unable to perform list by the Cincinnati Bengals.
3: You are locked on Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Uh, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We are going to get to the tail of the tape in this episode, but we need to start with a surprising roster move from the Cincinnati Bengals on Tuesday, their off day. We're going to start with the Lael Collins roster move. Today's episode of Lockdown Bengals, which you can subscribe to on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcast to so join that first listen club and that everyday club, those are pretty. Self-explanatory at this point is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And James, news that I can guarantee you nobody saw coming on this Tuesday afternoon or evening on the East Coast, Lel Collins released from the physically unable to perform list by the Cincinnati Bengals. Hard to fathom the precise reason for this. I came up with three potential explanations. One is that he's actually not recovering well or had a setback. Don't mm-hmm. know if that's the case. The, uh, another is that he's actually fully recovered, at least in his opinion, and could pass a physical and wants to go play somewhere and ask for his release. And the other that is certainly tied up in this one way or another, regardless of whether one or two is true, is it's a cap and cash saving move for the Cincinnati Bengals for a player that is not going to be playing for them anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I'll rank them in order of what I think is most likely versus least likely. And I think you're right on the, the, the button here with the options. I think three is number one. The cap cash savings. What did they just do? (laughs) They inked Joe Burrow. They've obviously locked up guys like Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson at linebacker. We know about the Orlando Brown Jr. deal, Trey Hendrickson extension. They were within $5 million of the cap. It was like four something. And so the Bengals never get that close. And while teams do that all the time, I think they were like, okay, is he much better than what we have. Do we think we're getting a guy that's worth the 7-plus million cap hit? And that's what I think happened. Pure speculation as we record this. I mean, this is very much an instant reaction to the move. That said, the recovery part is interesting. I'm not sure. I've seen Lael out on the practice field. He's been really consistent there. As far as that, so that would be the second one because if I had to rank them the setback, being a potential reason why they decided to release him third would be asking for his release for a few reasons one it's not like jonah williams blew the doors off the other day so he's probably looking like okay so there's certainly a path to him to get back into the lineup he was already missing the first four games of the season now he does have in-game incentives which to your point could really want him and push him to, to try to get back on the field so i get that as well but his relationship or, or his agent in in his agent's relationship with the Bengals. I mean this is the the same guy that represents Joe Mixon that represented Adam Pacman Jones. Uh that that's represented guys that the Bengals have worked with uh, over the years and and obviously they were able to come to an agreement with Joe Mixon earlier this offseason. So I would be I would be surprised if that was the case. That said, money's money and maybe it is. I do think that's the the likely most likely to least likely and in, in order of why L. Collins is no longer on the roster. So he gets,
2: he, he leaves, I should say a, because this is a post June one cut, a dead cap hit of $1.6 million. But as you pointed out on your website, it's likely about a $7 million cap saving or, or mm. six, $6 million cap saving. Sorry. No, it's actually $7 million cap mm. saving. Uh, The the way this would not be what it appears to be on its face is if LC did not pass a physical and they had to put together an injury settlement for him that would incur an additional $1.2 million injury settlement, probably, or, or something in that range which would be added to the dead cap hit would be detracted from the cap savings. But yeah, I mean, very likely... They looked at their cap situation. We talked about this yesterday when we were talking about Burroughs' deal that some people didn't want to hear anything about, uh, but was interesting nonetheless and and I thought was was worth the conversation. Um, The Bengals were tighter to the cap going into the season than they have ever been. This gets them quite a bit more breathing room for any in-season acquisitions that are required, either because they need to backfill for injury or other reasons. We'll see if there is a corresponding move for this money. I don't think this means anything is imminent with T. Higgins. I don't think this means Dalton Reisner is, is you know tied to this move for the Bengals. I've had people ask about both of those things, James. But very likely they saw a player that for them wasn't going to be able to get onto the field for at hmm. least a handful of games. They've seen his rehab throughout and, and anything beyond that is speculative outside of the fact that we know they're saving a bunch of money in making this move. And look from a football perspective, if Elsie was going to be ready to go in week five, does this make the Bengals better? Very easy to argue that it makes the Bengals worse in terms of detracting from tackle depth.
1: No doubt. And so that's, that's the elephant in the room. What is this for? Is this for a potential T deal? Maybe not this year, Maybe they don't use all of that cap space and roll some of it, and are able to use it down the line. Like I, I, I do wonder. At the same time, I, I don't know if it's. I think it's very cut and dry where they probably look at it and say, "Hey, we can get way more comfortable cap wise." You talk with the coaching staff. You talk with the trainers. Is this a necessity, or is this something that ah, we don't, we're not even sure Collins is going to be the first tackle off the bench? I'm speculating, right? Because honestly, I'm kind of bummed. I had a good relationship with LC, and uh, I, I was hoping he would be able to make it back and make an impact. Because I know he was really excited to be here in Cincinnati. So it sucks, but uh, you know, hopefully he lands on his feet. And um, yeah, it just it seems like the Bengals looked at the the cap situation and said, let's give ourselves a, a bit more ourselves a bit more room. Which I'm not going to blame them for, because we don't know where that money's going to go yet. And it could go in a bunch of different directions, like you mentioned.
2: We'll see what, if anything, happens in the short term. I, I'm skeptical that it's anything in the short term, but who knows? Been wrong about that before. We'll, we'll they see sign. Me, a I'm available. Sign.
0: I mean, Zach, Tuesday, call me.
2: Tuesday would be a workout day, right? For for just saying. I mean, it's an off day for for the players. We're recording
1: um, later than normal. <laughs> dot dot dot. Question what? mark. Does question that mean mark. they're late news? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I just, that I worked out for them earlier oh. today. I was just connecting the dots. See, I was in my world, and you were yeah in real. I was in reality. <laughs> That's right.
2: Uh, here in the real world. Um, yeah, surprising move. Not, yeah. not much else to say about it right now. I would say we'll see if anything else is coming. Took everybody by surprise. Not sure there's a clear explanation. As we get more information, if we get more information, of course, we'll share it with you. It will be interesting to see where LC, if LC lands somewhere quickly. Disappointing. Yeah, Like you mentioned, you had a good relationship with him. He was a a good presence in the locker room, no doubt about that. And I just go back to when they signed him last year. I loved the deal. I, I was very excited for the move. He didn't play great last year. He was playing through injury. He had the ACL to make it you know, all, all the more complicated for this team. And, and it's a sad ending if this is indeed the ending as it appears to be for Lyle Collins time in Cincinnati.
1: It is uh, real quick before. Yeah. It's plug time. You know it. We always talk about events on locked on Bengals and we're asked about events and I couldn't get Jake to fly in because he has to polish up the Mercedes Benz, but Friday, Holy grail, 7.00 PM release party for enter the jungle. The, the new Bengals book that hopefully you saw on social media. You can get it at CincinnatiBengalsBook.com or see it at Holy Grail in downtown Cincinnati at 7 on Friday.
2: Go bother James. Get a book. Coming up next, Mike Santagata at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter is going to join us to break down some tape takeaways, starting with some promising signs from this Bengals defense.
1: Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with locked-on NFL fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft, scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson had a tough time in week one against the Eagles and saved his fantasy value with six catches for 64 yards. Expect him to get going on the ground in week two. After doing little with his first 12 carries of the season, the Dolphins got gassed for 208 yards and two touchdowns by the Chargers. Stevenson's burst and quickness make it an even more favorable matchup against Miami's pass rush oriented front. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. From brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. And look, when you're looking for something as simple as headlight bulbs like I was for my Toyota Corolla, eBay Motors has it delivered right to your door. It's easy. You can get the work done fast and no need to mess with going anywhere in person ebay motors is the place i trust and you'll love them keep your ride or die alive at ebay motors or ebay.com slash motors again ebay.com slash motors ebay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply
2: we're now joined by bengal sands mike santagata weekly guest here on the lockdown Bengals podcast for the last couple of years now has his own podcast over at it's always game day in Cincinnati, where he covers the Bengals with Lindsay as well. And Mike, we're going to talk defense to start. We spent a lot of time on this podcast, as you know, in the last 24 to 48 hours talking about what went wrong for the Bengals on offense in this game, but on the defensive side of the ball, despite 24 points at the end of the game, it wasn't perfect by any means, but I thought it was pretty good. What were your first takeaways as far as who played well? What, what you thought when you watched the defense on tape?
0: Yeah. So first guy I thought played really well was, (laughs) I thought Jermaine Pratt played really well, but I've been saying that for a few years now, Uh, but he got paid. I thought he played really well. Um, I know he's not the green dot, but he does a lot of communication. Like he moves the front right before that one blitz. He, he, he and Wilson both did a good job um, in general, but I just like when when Pratt's able to fast fit run through when he sees an opening and make some plays there, uh, force the fumble, although he did have help. it's a team team defensive effort, although he was the one that I saw first really scraping that ball out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I thought he was maybe the best defender. Um, you know, there's I thought Zach Carter was surprisingly good i wasn't expecting it not as a pass rusher but just as a run defender um not that he was i don't remember doing much as a pass rusher but as a run defender i was like oh this is much more stout than i remembered last year and cam sample a little Little bit similar i was like yeah this is a little bit more of a stout run defense and he even had one pressure that i can remember and the last thing that was first thing that come to me was safety duo looked fine a lot of talk about how that's gonna be a weak link and whatever else i thought they looked all right
1: all right let's stick with them because this, the safety duo you're right a lot of talk literally every guest spot i've done over the past six months has asked me how in the world dax hill and nick scott after he signed uh, how they're going to hold down the fort with Jesse Bates and Von Bell no longer in town and in the NFC South. Let's start with Dax Hill. He played all but like three snaps. Nick Scott, pretty much the same, a little less, but most, mostly the same. So from that standpoint, it's pretty much the same as last year. Two safeties, they're playing a ton, Lou Anarumo banking on them. What did you notice about their usage, what Lou was asking them to do, and is it any different than than what they did last year with Bates and Bell?
0: Yeah, I think that they are – it could be a Browns thing. You want to play a little bit more single high against the Browns than you do most other teams because you want to be gapped out against Nick Chubb in that run game. But it felt to me like they kind of used Dax Hill not so much as a box guy but as a slot defender more than they ever would with Bell. Um, And I thought Nick Scott – I don't think he is a better post safety than Jesse Bates, but I think that at least against most teams, they played a lot of too high type of thing. And uh, it's, well, not 2020, 2020 was a ton of single high with Jesse Bates, Roman side to the sideline. but they kind of used Nick Scott as a post safety quite a bit. They did put Dax Hill back there as well. I even think when they really wanted like a short yardage look, they would kind of put Dax Hill in back at post safety and they're like Nick Scott I know you're not that much bigger but he's got a little bit of that maniac mentality I saw him take on some guards <clears throat> there was play it was Joel Batonio was just sitting there and he was kind of treating it like all right I know you're not gonna take this serious and he just comes head first trying to ramp through him didn't do much damage but I was like I like that <laughs> um there's so that's a little bit of the different safety usage. But the main one is they trust Dax Hill, I think, in coverage, at least underneath, a lot more than they did Bell. It's man coverage and um, even some of the zone stuff. That was a robber uh, on his interception that Watson just threw the ball right at him, um, tipped. But <laughs> it, did, it just looked funny on the broadcast. <laughs> it's like, where is he throwing that ball? It's like Dax Hill, I guess.
2: It was tough to see the deflection. That was a Zach Carter play, who you mentioned. Mm-hmm. The added weight for Carter, visible, shows up yeah. like on TV and in the way he's playing in the run game. I thought he was actually okay as a pass rusher too, had a couple of pressures. Maybe, maybe it was just one. I thought it was two. One of them maybe wasn't counted by the pressure counters. Uh, those of them out there that count pressures. But I thought it was a nice game for Zach Carter. And uh, the only play that really stood out for the safeties as far as something going wrong, I think, isn't scheme specific. It isn't like these guys had to learn how to communicate. It was that little uh, pre-snap shift that they hand off to Deshaun Watson and he underthrows a deep yeah. ball where Nick Scott is only able to get back into the play into the play because the pass is so severely underthrown. Uh, stay, staying on the topic of the defense, a couple other things that I thought were interesting. One, we had a look with. On, on third down early in the game, the Bengals go one robber with the, the second safety, the robber safety being Mike Hilton mm-hmm. with uh, DJ Turner and Chidobe Awuzie in the slot. That was pretty cool. It's talking about using these guys and and moving them around and keeping the same personnel on the field, their nickel personnel, and doing some different things with it. And uh, two, Trey Hendrickson, very polarizing game. Very, very good as a pass rusher. And the culprit for a few breakdowns in contain on some running plays.
0: Yeah, backside contain. Uh, there are a few of those plays. I'm sure people can remember, but um, believe the Elijah Moore play where it's dead, and then he just starts running out the other way. It's like oh, There was a little bit of a
2: wet conditions for Trey Hendrickson on wet that
0: play. conditions. Yep, trying trying to <laughs> change direction in the you know slop. But it wasn't just that play. There was another couple plays where it just felt like he's not, he's not being sound in his contain on the backside, contain against, you know, cutback and boot responsibility or reverse sweep, whatever they've got coming that way. And it led to some gashes. I don't think, you know, he is what he is as a run defender. He's not going to be a guy that, like Sam Hubbard is going to lead the league in run stops or anything. Um, it was, it wasn't an encouraging day from him in run defense though. I think that's when you're looking at the camp sample, having a pretty good day run defending mm-hmm. and you're looking at miles Murphy's profile as a guy that can be stout. You know, let's take a few of those plays off of Hendrickson because he's not adding a ton of value there anyway. And he had a ton of juice as a pass rusher, at least right out the gate. I think like the first five plays, three of them, he might've had a uh, pressure.
2: By far the most dominant pass rusher for the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday against the Browns. Let's continue with some All-22 takeaways. I I thought it was encouraging on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, we talked about it a ton yesterday, but we can talk about what could be next for this Bengals offense as they adapt and move forward and get ready for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll finish the show there next. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. And that's why Jace Medicals offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication at hand and it's It's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. And you can save more than $360 right now by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code LOCKEDON.
1: Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy the way it should be. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they're the easiest and most exciting way to play da- daily fantasy. How does it work? You pick two to six players and whether they're going to score more or less than their prize, pr- prize picks projections, and that's it. You can earn up to 25 times your money and so for example if you would have said less than for joe burrow in week one which we're about to talk about what's next for that offense from a passing yard standpoint you would have hit that one and this week i have a feeling he's probably gonna exceed his prize picks projection but regardless of whether you go more or less prize picks takes less than 60 seconds to make your picks you're going to have a ton of fun while you do it and right now is the time to get there by going to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL with code locked on NFL again for a first deposit match up to
2: $100. All right, guys, let's dive back into this offense. Don't want to stay lingering on the, the, Negatives, I guess, too much, because we spent so much time talking about it yesterday. I did a live stream looking at the offensive tape. I've talked to Mike about it. I've talked to James about it. But a lot of questions about offensive structure, offensive scheme. And I guess when I think about this game at this point, now we're on Tuesday recording a Wednesday episode, I'm thinking about, okay, what can we take from this game? and and apply to next week and mike as you watch this game and, and you saw what jim schwartz tried to do took some elements i think from mike mcdonald although it was more rotate to single high than rotate to too high or show too high than then rotate out of it um a lot of middle of the field closed from, from the browns what are the big takeaways for you when you're thinking about how this team moves forward
0: yeah, it was actually almost like the reverse of McDonald where McDonald's yeah. always too high and then rotates out of it. He was always single high. And Schwartz has been like this his whole career, at least as far as I have known. And he'll play those weird two rolls and invert two and all this other stuff to get to too high from a single high look. Um, the first thing is obviously the conditions. The conditions made it so like this offense just – disaster um i don't think guys played particularly well but we don't need a hamper on that we can think about observations more for next week there was so much quick game three-step drop there was only one five-step drop and it was a play that burrow bailed on and uh, i believe threw for a check down eventually but it, it was so much quick stuff quick hitting stuff it was burrow's ninth high ninth quickest time to release and the browns got their first pressure on average under two seconds. So it, it's a great defensive line, and they treated it like that. They tried to honor, you know, like, okay, this defensive line has the advantage. I think going into next week, you can kind of look at that like, I don't know if this defensive line has the advantage, which has been a long time. So we said that about a Bengals offensive line matchup. Uh, but you look at that, and who is the best Baltimore Ravens Edge rusher? I know we talked or pass rusher. Um, in general? Is it Odafe Owe? And where would he rank with the Cleveland pass rushers? Would he be the fourth best? Maybe the third best? But you you look at this past week, they played against a top three, in my opinion, maybe the best, just in terms of athleticism and, you know, guy I would hate to block type in Miles Garrett. And then the second guy, you don't get a breather because it's Zadarius Smith, who was a pro bowler last year with double digit sacks. Ravens don't have a guy like either one of them to me. So, can you run a real offense with this improved offensive line? Because that was kind of the most disappointing thing. Was I was, I was hoping they'd find a way, even against a great defensive line, to find a way not to run a real offense. I shouldn't say that, but to really hammer, you know, things they weren't able to do before and. In this game, they tried to get to the middle of the field, but by the time a 12-yard in started breaking in, Burrow was pressured and moving off of his spot. And I think eventually Burrow got a little rattled from the hits and pressure because there'd be a flash of Brown's jersey, and he'd kind of go like, "Oh, I got to get out of here." But it would be something that's, you know, contained. It'd just be like a quick flash, and then they keep rolling him through the pocket
1: as far as the the Ravens defense is concerned and obviously the Browns it's just a really tough matchup and we've covered that aspect on the pot over the past couple of days it's not like this Ravens defense didn't keep Burrow and company in check at the end of the regular season last year to a degree certainly in the playoff game what did they do do you think this unit it looks different they're dealing with some injuries and I know there's some guys that are potentially up in the air but Can the the Ravens roll that out again? And do you think that's going to be effective? What do the Bengals have to do to kind of solve that issue?
0: This to me feels like a game that I would hope that the coaching staff, Burrow, everybody has kind of gone like, we did not play well against this defense. So we need to figure this out. Similar to when they really struggled against the Ravens, uh, Burrow's rookie year. It's like, we need to figure this out because Burrow can't take all his hits. Now it's, we need to figure this out because we can't almost lose playoff games to snoop puntley um so i'm hoping that's uh kind of what it goes but if we're just looking at it what they do is they play a multitude of coverages from the same look and it makes burrow unlike shorts where he was confusing burrow a little bit but it was also burrow's getting the ball out so quick because of the pressure it's kind of like burrow's kind of holding on an extra tick like what What are they doing you know like and they hold the disguise hold the disguise it's one of the best things they can do with the secondary is hold these disguises um now marcus williams injury could have an effect on that but when i'm looking at it's like okay so these safeties are they played really well and they also i believe lost chuck clark so it's completely different Ravens secondary, no Marcus Peters either, but what they're going to probably try to do is hold the disguise, stay in too high for everything and just look like you're playing the same exact thing and play, you know, cover one. You can play one robber. You could play cover three. You could play quarters. You could play quarter, quarter, half, any other split field coverage, man, zone, make it all look the same so that you have Burrow holding that ball, an extra tick, just because they haven't had the best pass rush, but to get that pass rush home, and I think they actually did have a good one in the wild card game just because of the injuries to the offensive line. Um, But if you can make Burrow hold that ball an extra tick, give your guys time to get home because he's unsure of what he's seeing, that is what the Ravens' MO was last year when they faced the Bengals.
2: So if you're Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Joe Burrow, you've had the week one you had. You couldn't connect on the things that were your bread and butter throughout Joe Burrow's career, i.e. you get man, you get single high, you you like your receivers and one-on-ones. You just didn't hit him. Didn't hit him over the middle, didn't hit him outside. It was a tough game. You know what Baltimore did to you last year. There's some you know, additional ideas that I'm sure Mike McDonald has come up with to, to change it up. You come into this game after that experience looking for some – some easy answers, some things to build your, your confidence back up to get started here. What are what are the things you're looking to do from an adjustment perspective this year against the Baltimore Ravens if you're the Bengals? So I would
0: like to run the ball better in the first place. Just, just I don't think they ran the ball particularly well against the Ravens. Maybe in that first matchup when they first changed the scheme, but I don't think either of the last two matchups they ran the ball particularly well. And reason is – You've got two high safeties, so you're gonna face a light box while they're doing all this disguise stuff. And if a safety's coming down to play one high and get gapped out, that safety's coming from about twelve yards of depth rather than, you know, right on right inside the box. Uh I would like, you know, can they just be able to move the ball effectively that way? And then when it comes to the passing game, um I feel like the Ravens even still presented those opportunities similar to what the Browns did. And I just the wide receivers on the outside and the inside are so good that I really trust that that's going to be fine. You, if you get those one-on-one opportunities, take them. Um, If you're going to get man, if you're going to get any type of single high, and even if you get quarters, it might be a little hard to get that safety out of there because they have to get a guy going vertical. But even if you get quarters, there's, looks that you have where this guy doesn't have help i'm gonna throw it up to my dude and i kind of thought that when i was watching the wild card game i was like there's some opportunities and i'm not sure burrow thought he was getting too high and just kind of like killed it in his mind whatever the alert go or whatever was happening i was like you probably could have just put that ball up for t and let's just see what happens you know or put that ball up for chase and sometimes chase has that late burner and just third gear just to get past the guy and get yeah. over there so i think that's a little bit of it and if you can really run the ball and get into second and three, the disguise is gone. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're not, you're not playing deep Tampa two or two man or anything like that. Like you're going to be gapped out or at least sound defensively with the run game. So if you can stay, it it works with everybody, but is this is a game that I would like to see them try to stay ahead of the chains and on schedule rather than a game. It's not as bad as the, it happened last week, but, I don't really love this as a game that you fall behind and then you're trying to throw the ball a lot just because not because of the rush, but because of, okay that plays into what McDonald's best at with his disguise and what he does on the back end.
2: First down was dreadful for the Bengals against the Browns needs to be better. First down runs three yards, three yards, 12 yards, 22 yards. There's a couple good ones in there. But that's that's a tease because then it's two, two, three, four, minus three, two, two, one for runs for the rest of the game. So they have two good first down runs. That's it. First down passes, though, they were worse. Zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, zero yards, and then finally a six yard completion on first down. That's a big part of it. They need to be better on first down, they need to be more efficient, they need to stay on schedule a little bit better. And Joe Burrow obviously needs to play better. And he has an opportunity to do so, I think. Some good players on that Baltimore defense, but going to be very interesting to see how Burrow and this offense respond, as we've seen them do time and time again in Joe Burrow's career in Cincinnati this week. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We've got two more episodes this week before the game. We've got Crossover Thursday. We've got a game preview coming up as well. We'll keep an eye on the Ravens injury report, the Bengals injury report, and any other transactions that the Bengals are ready to shock us with after the Lel Collins news on Tuesday until next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of the On Bengals podcast who day and have a good one.
3: Hey prime members. You can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on Amazon music. Download the Amazon music app today.